welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Let's get naked. Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. I am so excited, Lisa, that you are back. And we're doing a coaching episode, and because we're recording this in the middle of COVID, so we're going to do a special release on this one so that it comes out and it's applicable, because I know a lot of people are struggling through this. Your website is nolatherapy.com, and I'm going to give you a shout out. Like you do speaking, you have two locations in New Orleans and in LA, which like that doesn't make sense to most people. (laughs) (laughs) You have online class, podcast, talk radio, a book. Yes in and really talk about all things NOLA therapy and what you do and what you provide in the two locations and all of that. Well, thank you, Jen, for having me back on. It was around this time last year that we did our first interview and I'm so happy to be with you today. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's going to be different. Uh, uh, For listeners, for viewers, we're going to be going through a coaching therapy type session with Jen presenting something going on in her life. And we're just going to kind of work it through together. That's what I love to do. I love helping people find solutions. I'm definitely solution focused. I think much like you, Jen, and some issues I know they definitely need to You know, you need to delve deeply into the emotions before you can generate solutions, especially around loss, grief. Even right now, you mentioned COVID-19. I think people are feeling what is some generalized loss and grief in general, and that can make it hard to make decisions or know what to do next. And I see that I felt some of that in different moments, and I've just allowed myself when they're tears, just to cry, let it, let there be a release. They're actually t- stress hormones in tears, three specific stress hormones that are only released through our tears. And so it is important to allow ourselves to cry when we feel that because it is cleansing the, those hormones from our bodies. And so I'm just, I'm happy to be here. I'm a podcaster like you, All Things Therapy. I just celebrated my 200th episode a couple weeks ago. Yay, congratulations. Thank you. And um, just where do you want to start, Jen? With I would say, if you were my client, I'd say, where would you like to start? What's bringing you in? I can always learn history. I do know some of your history, but what's kind of the most important pressing point for you, if that's a place that feels right to start? Yeah, always. Um, well, we talked a little bit in before in our pregame about the stress that's happening in a in the current situation. But I want to take that out of the box because we we've discussed and we're going to talk here. We don't have control over so many things in life, and I teach this in my coaching also. So you and I are so on the same wavelength. Um, yeah. And I think I'm just a really laid back personality. I don't let much bother me. And I always use the example, like if you get cut off on the highway and you allow it to make you pissed off, you let yourself be angry all day. You just gave control to that person that you don't know, that doesn't know you, that didn't know he, you know, and you have no idea. Like I always think, I hope you're rushing your pregnant wife in labor. Yes. Like we don't know what's going on with people. And if it's somebody who's just being a jerk, then you certainly don't want to give up all your control for your whole attitude for the day to that person. Yes. When you think about that in bigger things, like now it's COVID, but there, think about fires that have come through areas or, you know, any natural disaster. There are situations that occur that we just have no control over. So what can you do with that information? Yeah, I think that's such an important topic and one that I shared with you before coming on that I've been looking at in this in this time period, though I've worked from home predominantly, that hasn't been the, the biggest change. For me, it's um, been around focusing on what the things, when I feel upset, I've kind of dialed it down to it's where I feel a loss of control. I'm out of control. I cannot generate the outcome, the desired outcome that I wanted. And I start feeling sadness, pain, anger, resentment, thinking all these things of why I'm right, so to speak, and the other person, you know, isn't, for example, and I've learned not to act upon that anymore. Just really get clear, sometimes do some writing. So for those of you watching, listening, 
it might help when you feel an emotional disturbance right now to take some time with yourself to get clear about what you're really upset about. Because it may seem like it's that person, for example, but I find it to be, it's that we're not in control of what has happened. And often there's fear underneath that. Under the anger and frustration is often fear of, well, what about me? What feeling unloved, feeling unimportant. I think in the social distancing and quarantining at home, it's such a gift and opportunity like you and I spoke about to work on some things, some home projects, read, write, if that's your thing. But for some people, it's very isolating and, and lonely and hard because they're feeling disconnected. And I think there is that layer of, of disconnection happening. And so we have to get really creative on how to feel connected. For me, it's been through meditating every day. And that's a powerful practice in my life. I use a lot of guided meditations on YouTube, for example. And then other times I like to just sit in silence and breathe and just follow my breath. And so I offer that to listeners. When you are triggered, feeling you know, out of control about something, to even say out loud, say to yourself, okay, I don't have control over how this person did or did not respond. But what I do have control of is going back to what you mentioned is my response and my value and worth that often we're treated in ways that don't reflect our value and worth. And, and that's okay. That it doesn't mean we're less than or unimportant and, and just really learning to self-affirm, self-approve. I've been learning a lot of that during this COVID-19 time, really having to lean on my own inner self-talk between my two ears. I don't know if that's true for you. I've worked a lot on that. And I think we have very different ways that we teach, but we teach very similar concepts. So I talk about your inner dialogue and here's my example. I, when I, cause usually I'm speaking. So if it's on stage, I could say to myself, you know, I look in the mirror this morning and I thought, well, you look really good in that outfit, but you'd look better if you lost five or 10 pounds. Mm. Okay. It's a, it's our internal monologue. So take that example and think of what do you catch yourself saying? So then flip the script. I went shopping. I have a daughter who's a senior in high school. We went shopping for prom dresses pre-COVID. She did get to one prom this year. Good. She narrowed it down to three dresses and then she brought me with her and we were picking between three and she's like, mom, I think this is the one. And I would never say, I think that dress looks great on you. It looked better if you lost five or 10 pounds. I would never take some... Right. I would say to myself, I would never say that to my best friend. I would never say that to you. Why the hell would I say it to myself then? Yes. We need to catch ourselves in that and then decide, is that something that I would, you know, are you going to drive to your sister's house and say that to her? Are you going to call your best friend and say that to her? And if the answer is no, I like that. change your dialogue. So I, I think I've practiced that for 30 years. Yeah. That it's just, it's very common for me. That doesn't mean that those thoughts don't pop up. You can have all the training in the world. Right. But you recognize them and you can flip the script on them. And not act upon them. Definitely not act upon them. And I mean, in that particular example about losing five to 10 pounds, that's where anxiety happens and not wanting to go in public and eating disorders and body image and shaming, like all- right. Other things can happen as a result of that. And so I feel really blessed that I recognized that was an example my mom taught me. She suffered from a lot of depression. There was a lot of self-talk, bad negative self-talk. And I thought, I don't want that to be my path. Yeah. So because I knew what I didn't want, I figured out very early what you do want, how to change that. And then I've taught it. So you know, it's really good to recognize that. And I think one of the things that I hear, because I don't, because I am pretty laid back. Um, you are what? Say that again, please. Laid back. And okay. I have a lot of training in conflict management and stress reduction. So okay. um, I'm the diffuser. But that doesn't mean that everyone around me is feeling the same way. I may be yeah. fine or at the very least neutral. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I don't really care either way about some stuff. Um, we, we have 10 kids between the ages of 18 and 24. Yes. <laughs> Out of my 18 kids, 10 of them are between 18 and 24. And I have a 10-year-old at home. So you, I have to think, because there's like this 
eight-year gap between the 10-year-old and the next one. Okay. Your gap. Um, what situations about my adult kids do I not want to teach my 10-year-old? Because our adult kids have gotten really great. We've, I was not my kids' friends when they were growing up. But when they became adults and moved on, it's a hybrid of a friend and a parent. Yes. I can't tell you what to do. But if you've invited me on this part of your journey, I can share how I think and what I feel and suggestions. That's beautiful. What I'm, I'm wondering for you right now, that's one of the things I thought, having 10 kids between the ages of 18 and 24 right now during this time period, what challenges that's presented to you as a mom in supporting them and how they're handling the changes right now, you know, how that's been for you. I have triggers and we have to know what our triggers are. When people get, I'm a super loud personality. Okay. We're just in a parking lot at like Home Depot and I'm waiting for them to bring out my, I, I made a sandbox for the kids. Um, we have little kids that come over and stuff. So I've just built the sandbox. Cool. Yeah. I was waiting for them to bring the sand and you know, Dane's sitting in the, the bed of the SUV and I'm standing there and I'm telling, I'm telling him something. I'm happy. I'm excited. And he goes, why are you so loud? And I'm like, because I'm very passionate about the sandbox situation. I'm really excited about the sand. And, you know, I mean, I'm a very loud personality. Yeah. Interestingly, if you are loud, that's fine. But if you're loud in a way that's frustrated, I will get, I'm very triggered. Like, okay. I, I feel like I can't breathe. I need to get out. Okay. So I know this about myself and I'm not yeah. confrontational, but I, I believe in conversation, not confrontation. Yes. You can have heated conversation without it feeling confrontational. So with my kids, there are some of them that have been very frustrated. And I think the important thing for me is to say, I get that you're frustrated, but my boundary is you can't bring your frustration into the house. So you have to get yourself to a place where you can sit and have a conversation. It can be a heated conversation, but it can't yeah. feel confrontational. How have they taken that, Jen? How have they received that from you? They know, like, I'll kick your ass out. Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the boundary. Yeah. Like, you don't live here anymore. I don't have to parent you. You know, yeah. if we're doing this because you would like my help, you, and I have to keep that boundary because that's my trigger. And I don't mind, I mean, my, my kids now know, like, these are my triggers and these are my boundaries. Yes. So, it's nothing new for them. Oh, and so we've had a couple of kids that are crying. Yeah overwhelmed, having an anxiety attack, having trouble breathing, sure. calling me at 9.30 at night with a car accident. You know what I mean? Like we've losing the job, not knowing what to do, being afraid of being kicked out of where you live because you can't pay rent or not knowing how you're going to eat. Or These are, these are things that are very scary. Right. So come over and verbally vomit that stuff. As long as it doesn't escalate to where you know, there's a difference, Lisa, there's a switch when you feel like you're being yelled at. Yes. And where wanting your comfort, they're wanting mom to help soothe. They're needing some help self-soothing. Right. For that, I sense. Yeah, which is fine. And I'm the doer and the fixer and the caretaker. And I like that role. Yeah. That it. So, you know, with a couple of kids that lost jobs. Yeah really afraid. First of all, we've had a lot more adult kids over for dinner. <laughs> so okay. they're showing up all the time. Um, we have a very open door policy. So we reminded our kids, you may be on your own, have a place to live, but you know, uh, our daughter, Gabby, <laughs> Dean looked at her and he goes, so you're going to happen to drop by again tomorrow, right around five again. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know what's on the menu for dinner tomorrow, you know? So yeah, that's cute. We make jokes and stuff, and I've also set boundaries and let them know, like, I plan to cook for four people. If they're going to be yeah. eight, I need a heads up. That's not- Of course you do. Right. So setting boundaries. Again, yes. The stress and frustration, but you can do these things, I think, within yourself. Yeah. What I think the setting boundaries you're bringing up is one of the helpful strategies right now during COVID-19 as far as creating a routine, creating yeah. a schedule. For oneself, again, for the viewer, the listener that might be feeling out of sorts, I am like to really have a routine, a Monday through Friday routine, for example, and then let weekends be whatever they need to be, but to really um, schedule yourself 
if you're not working, if you're not having to work or whatever, to schedule to get outside for 45 minutes to an hour a day. I would say is almost mandatory for your mental health to just go for a walk to get out there when you can, if the weather's, you know, if it's not storming rain, because I think it helps for us to be out in the fresh air and like just feeling the expansion, expansiveness around us. What, what do you think? I agree. We get outside every single day. We have a great backyard. Yeah. Really blessed with that. And we don't live in an area where we have been shelter in place. So we walk the dog every day mm -hmm. um, and uh, ride bikes. And we're allowed to do those things. And I mean, when this started, I said, until the second that we're told we can't, I'm doing it. Well, even in the places where there is shelter in place, you can exercise, you can walk the dog. So yeah, people, please be getting out if you haven't yeah. enough. I mean, there's so much science on exercise. It trains, it teaches you that what you do is important. Mm -hmm. You know, there's science on exercise, there's science on fresh air, there's science on smiling. There's like, there's science behind all of these things. And that's all I teach. Like, I can't help you reduce your conflict or your stress because things are going to happen. But I can teach you to be to have a different attitude so that when the stress and conflict happens, you're in a better space to deal with it. And I think, you know, I have a bunch of kids that aren't in a good space to deal with it all the time. Okay. So I had, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one example. Yeah. My daughters got into a car accident. It was a, it was just something silly. It was minor. Um, they, she could have just gotten help and dr driven away. No big deal. No okay. big happened. But someone saw her and called the police. Oh. oh, right. So then the police get involved. Well, then whatever way this happened, the police searched her vehicle. Now it is her fault that she had weed. Okay. The bong in the, in a bag in the car. It was, you know, in a little backpack. And so she got charged for that. She was not under the influence of any. Right. Right. It was just there. She didn't have like intent to sell. There was nothing like yeah. that. Yeah. But she also doesn't have a medical marijuana card. So. Okay. She became, okay, there was a silly accident. Nothing results from that. That's all fine. But now you have a charge, a criminal charge. So she, it's right before her 20th birthday. So she called me because she was anxious and stressed. Of course. And I'm going to be a badass and an advocate. So I yes. And she had a friend with her. And um, I'm being my total normal laid back self. Like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And this is what they're saying. And you guys are fine. And this 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 situation isn't a big deal, but you are going to have drug charges. And her friend says, yeah, I'm going to really miss that bong. It was my favorite. And I just looked at her and I said, so here's me turning on my parenting thing. Okay. I am not upset about the accident. I am not upset about the phone call. I am upset that now my daughter has a drug charge for something completely stupid that she has to take the hit for. And you're making jokes about how you're going to miss the bong. Yes. You should sit there, shut your fucking mouth. And yes. Like, let me be the cool mom that I'm being because you just are crossing the line and it pissed me off. Absolutely. So again, it was like, everything was fine. And, and you know, Gab, <laughs> at first, at first my daughter's like, well, I can't smoke in the house. So if I feel a lot of anxiety or she works, you know, when she works, she works like three to 12 midnight. Okay. So she's like, if I feel like I'm not going to be able to sleep, if I feel like I'm going to get um, a migraine coming on, I want to smoke. I can't smoke in the house. So I have it in the car because I have to smoke in my car and then go in the house. I never drive under the influence, mom. I'm really smart. Yes. Yes, but you're still doing something illegal. So I don't, I don't have an answer for you, except that this might not be the best way to approach this. Uh, where she lives, is she able to get a medical marijuana card? So it's... So I'm like, what are some solutions? That's yeah. Ask permission to smoke in the backyard and leave your stuff in the backyard. Uh, a solution is go get your medical marijuana card. Yeah. You don't have to worry about getting pulled over. And even bring that to court and maybe it can be something considered so she doesn't have a charge. And so then she's like, and then you'll have the right dosage, the right kind. Yeah. Like every, you're not winging it from some dude on the street. Right. So, you know, I think sometimes people get caught up in how they feel anxiety, fear, overwhelm, migraines, trouble sleeping, insomnia, um, the, the reel that plays in your head that tells you you're not good enough or your self-esteem or past traumas. You know, you have these things that come up. And so she can't take a step back and look at the bigger picture and figure out, 
okay, well, this could potentially get me in trouble. So how can I do this in a different way? Well, I think this is an opportunity for Gabby to, to learn some of those skills. Right. This experience. Because I think it can have a positive outcome if she gets her medical marijuana card, submits that to court to have this resolved in a way without negative consequences to her. And it's positive for her because then she has the right, right dosing and she can- Yeah and the right type. And so I just think, you know, the situations are interesting that, and that could have happened in or out of COVID, but definitely COVID is making it more stressful because she was one of the kids that had her job cut by so much. She wasn't sure she'd have a place to stay. She didn't have the money to feed herself. She couldn't put gas in her car to get to work on the days that she was working. Um, you know, there's a lot of fear behind that. And so- I think one of the the skills that people need to realize is that all of those feelings are totally justified. Yeah, they're legitimate. Our feelings are natural. Our feelings are just our responses. And then it's what we, how we proceed forward with them. Like, do we, do we allow them to dictate when we're feeling not good enough? Does that mean we start living as if we're not good enough versus pushing against that with affirming statements of, you know, I'm figuring this out. What do I need to do? Seeking a mentor, how she came to you. Thank goodness she is you. You know, to ask someone. Often we don't, we don't need to have all the answers. We have others we can go to. And therapy and coaching even. Yep. Isabel, and therapy and coaching, um, you know, to, to go to and ask when we don't know what to do. There's so many sources. Even Googling, we have technology to lean into as well, that we don't have to figure these things out alone. I love it when people realize that they have a pain point and need to find a solution. And it doesn't matter what your pain point is. And I'll give you a really funny example. Okay. When my kids were younger, I was so stressed because I, I would run the dishwasher a couple times a day and I was washing so many cups. Oh my gosh. Oh, and I remember just being like, whose cup is this? Nobody knows. (laughs) You know, and every time you go to get a drink, you don't remember where you put your cup or which person. They all look the same. And so you get a new cup every single time. And as a mom, I was just like, oh my gosh, I have got to figure out. Yeah. Wash a whole dishwasher full of cups every single day. Totally ridiculous. Like not, not life threatening or a big deal. So I still using resources. It's, it's not necessary. So yeah. What did you do? I color coded my kids. That's awesome. Brianna was purple and Alana was orange and Olivia, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they have the cup that they know is theirs. So that's a silly example. It's kind of like my example of that outfit would look better. You know, I love having examples, but But I think it's legitimate because it solved a problem and helps you feel better. Something that's creating stress. If you have a pain point, you need to recognize what is the pain point? Well, I'm washing too many dishes every single day. What are the most of your dishes? Cups. How can you, and then finding a solution. And like you said, the, the way you do that is resources. Yeah. Yes. And I, even, I don't go on. Ideas all the time. Yeah. I don't have it all figured out. I know how to find the answer. It, going off of what you're saying, but the resources and the resources available right now, even in this period, when I sent out my newsletter a couple weeks ago, I wrote that I see this as a once in a this lifetime opportunity. When else have we ever had this buffer of time and space? And before coming on your show today, I was listening to Tony Robbins. He was speaking to the graduating class of 2020, just a short little talk about really motivating this class that you could feel and and to legitimately go through your feelings of loss around you're not having the graduation you imagined, you're not ending your senior year in the way that you planned. It's okay to take some time to be with those feelings and it sucks, but then to rise up and look at the opportunity present for you entering be it college or the workforce, that there's opportunity and to be a leader to really decide what it is you wanna do and who you wanna be. And that because of this time, there are more unique opportunities than say just going to the same, you know, starting a job you don't like and starting that. Even Gary Vee was saying that in his podcast yesterday to, you know, don't go to a job you spend 30 years hating, like you might've seen your parents or a grandparent to really figure out what you want for yourself and rock that out, like start doing it now. Yeah. And I think people need to realize that pivoting is natural and it pivoting, ha- yeah. 
So you may have it all figured out and rock it and love it and really embrace it, but it's okay if it changes. And I think that change, I, I know for me, even Jen, I'm not quite as laid back as, as you are. I'm more, um, change has felt, it's felt challenging for me, yet I do pivot. I do go with the flow. I think of things, you know, I want to flow with the river of life. And when I start to feel distressed, depressed, upset, it's because I'm resisting. Yep. What it and just really learning to embrace like, okay, universe, what would you have me do next? Like, and really trusting that it is leading me to a better place. It's actually taking me to achieving my dreams because we can't often see the biggest picture for ourselves. So it really requires, I think, some trust to just take the steps down the path that are resistance free, that do feel like the next natural thing. So I'm really working on just embracing this journey even when we can't see, you know, just to keep, keep going. Agreed. I found something really interesting when quarantine first started. It's like, there's all these memes and I, I love a good meme. I, I, today I was like, I need to learn how to make a meme, you know, cause oh, you'd make great memes we were laughing so hard in the car. And Dane's like, you've got to make a meme. And I'm like, I need to learn how to make a meme. But anyway, I love a good meme. Yeah. So, um, there were a lot of memes about how introverts finally got what they want. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Because you're quarantined. You, you don't, I call it peopling. You don't have to go people anymore. And then it was, there was a, one of my favorites was like, what quarantine has taught me is maybe I'm not an introvert. Maybe I'm just an asshole. And, <laughs> and also it's like these, these self-proclaimed introverts were the ones really struggling with the lockdown. I am like the most extroverted personality, one of the top extroverted personalities. But yeah, I work at home. And I'm totally comfortable doing that. And the quarantine has not bothered me at all as far as, like, I miss my running group. I'm really yeah. going to go running with them again. Yeah. I had any angst about not doing it either. And so I thought it was, I'm like, so the extrovert is like totally cool with this quarantine and all the introverts are freaking out. Well, it sounds like you have resilience. You've developed resilience. Well, yeah, I think I probably have. I just know that those feelings are okay to have. You can be an introvert that hates <laughs> being forced to be introverted. It's okay. Yeah. And I think uh, humor, again, is a great way to get through stuff. But for a lot of these people, you've already mentioned, they have a lot more time. People haven't been working. And we have a lot of resources. And many of those are financial. So, you know, for people self-employed, we have the EIDL and the PPP for people that, and also an offshoot of unemployment and the $600 a week stimulus for people who right. employed, like my daughters, some of my kids who um, had their hours drastically reduced. And my husband, he's an essential worker, but they cut his pay by almost 60%. Oh no. We're kind of like, wait, you're, he's essential and you can't live without him, but you just cut him more than an, like, yeah, doesn't make sense. So th there is uh, unemployment now for people who are still working, but have been drastically reduced. And so financially there are a lot of options that people can utilize during this time and some of them end up being better than what they were getting paid when right so if we take money off the table let's make the assumption that there's a program out there that can help you financially in this situation let's talk about time okay freaking gift you just said in your newsletter which i get a couple of weeks ago you yeah. were talking about like how you never get the gift of time. And I think that's been hard for people, Jen, because it's so unfamiliar to us. A lot of us have become really craving almost the, the rat race. And I think it's not until it's pulled out from under us. It's like, now what? What do I do? And I see occasionally on Facebook some people like, you know, being bored. And for me, I've, I've always resisted using that word, like not even allowing myself to use the word bored. Because for me, that means I'm just not... I'm not seeing the opportunity, you know, I'm looking at kind of it from a negative view. Cause I think there is, you know, go find, go help someone then like go, you know, whatever you can do during this time, if you are feeling bored, well, I know when I felt uh, lower emotions, depressed, it helps to help someone. The biggest thing to reach out to someone, you know, to really take this time to reach out to old friends, send texts, call. I've been talking to some people I haven't spoken to in years and it feels so good. And so I think, yeah, so just in top, like to get creative with how you can use this time because it won't always be here. 
I know. And it's so exciting. I think like, what course have you wanted to take? Did you want to pivot yeah. your career? Because on top of having the time, many of these courses and classes and they're discounted. They're discounted or free. I know. So many. So many. Um, I got, I got two more coaching certifications. That's awesome. They went from like $390 to $16. That's amazing. Right? So it's because you're looking for these opportunities. Like you're looking for the financial, you know, what programs are available. It takes some effort to get online and, and dig in and see what's available for me. And it's there. Yeah. This is, if you don't know, reach out to either one of us to help. Like we're resources here mm -hmm. because are so many. So I think, well, if you liked your job, but you want to pivot slightly, or you want to elevate potentially your job title, or you want to do something different, or you want to write a book or yeah. like that you have the opportunity. Now you have the time to be able to do that. And I know that there's a stir craziness in that. And I want to go back to what you said about the schedule. Cause I am like, I'm probably kind of in love a little too much with my calendar. Okay. <laughs> so I schedule with my running group. I've run with them for f five years and awesome. it's full, March 21st was the last day I ran of 2020 and that's starting to open back up again. We're, we, we're outside. We're not within really six feet of it. Like we're not, yeah. we're, it's getting to the point where we are going to be able to start doing that soon. So I think, you know, three days a week. Yes. It's the same three days. It's the same place. It's the same time. I do not need to put that on my calendar. I'm not going to forget Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Yeah, you got it. It's in you. In me. But I do put it on my calendar. I put everything on my calendar. I do too. It gives you accountability. Yeah. And self-accountability. Being self-employed, it helps a lot. For those of you that are self-employed, want to be self-employed because of this, self-accountability scheduling is so important. So important. It's accountability. And also, it's, it's priority. It's reminding yourself that you are important. Yes. It's all for me. Nope. Yeah house. I mean, maybe they're getting something out of it because my attitude's even better, but you know, I'm, I'm getting my endorphins. Out. Of course you are. Right. But it's that I am a priority. And if it's on the calendar, I can see that I'm making myself a priority. And I think when we try to do that, especially I know the moms that I work with, you know, it feels selfish. Mm. They have a hard time giving themselves permission to care. For themselves it sounds like so can you can we talk a little bit dive into that a little bit about yeah selfish isn't a derogatory word no and when you think about it even when you get on a, a flight an airplane to fly they say put your oxygen mask on first before assisting others which really harkens back to the point if we are depleted we can't serve anyone if we are struggling to pay our bills we can't help others. So it's really about nurturing ourselves, providing for ourselves emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, to really, as much as we can, secure our well-being so then we can be our best selves and our work and our relationships and just in the world. And, and it causes us to feel happier and have more joy, which then I think becomes self-generative. It generates more of those positive emotions and experiences. I love using the theory of compound interest because it's doing small daily actions that add up over time. That's so true. And we see that in finance, you know, in the house, your mortgage, and it can work for you or against you. And in an investment fund, it's working for you. And in your mortgage, it's working against you. But, you know, I mean, the theory of compound interest is, is easy. Most people know what that means. But if you look at compound interest and put it in every aspect of your life. That's a great point. Your friends, your attitude, what you eat, what you drink. Yeah. Uh, the thing I love about people connecting online right now, speaking of joy and gratitude and endorphins and compound interest altogether, <laughs> like you can have exercise accountability buddies, even if it's within an app. Yeah. It's cool. If you, you might not, and we used to be able to do that, but it's much more of a community now than it was before. But I can tell you, for me, that was one of the, the struggles for me is I love going to a gym. Like I'm a gym rat and I like running outside, which you can do that. But I really love lifting weights. And I was like, man, like I really struggled with the home workout 
thing. And finally, I was like, you know, you could keep complaining to yourself about this and resist it, or you can just get on board and figure this shit out. So I went and I got a pull-up bar. I do some workouts online. I have like an 18-pound ball. And so I'll go jog, walk, or run, and then come in and do, you know, pull-ups, push-ups. And I actually am stronger than before COVID-19 doing all body weight exercises. So it's actually changed my physical composition for the better. Once I stopped kind of bitching and complaining about, you know, we can't go to the gym. Wah, such a first world problem. So I had to kind of get over myself in, in that area. We had a workout equipment in our garage and I didn't use it. It gets dusty. I don't love being in the garage. Um, it was definitely Dane's thing, but he wasn't, the garage is either really hot or really cold. It's, yeah. you know, and so I had certain weights in the house and I had exercise bands and I prefer, and I haven't had a gym membership in almost three and a half years. So I decided to not spend money on that three and a half years ago. It was $50 a month. And it was like, I don't need this. I'll cut it as I'll min I was minimizing my expenses and seeing, well, it's cost me this much every time I go, if I go this many times. And so, um, we went through our entire garage weight set. We sent it to, um, we gave it to one of our boys that has his own house and he can set it up and he has a little space to set it up in. Nice. And we decided, well, what's it? Cause we keep downsizing as kids move out. What's important to us? What do we use? Cause we weren't using this stuff. So we got rid of it, but what do yeah. we Yeah. We use a pull-up bar. We use like these, yeah. these are like the five things we use all the time regularly. So let's make sure that they're in good shape, upgrade them if we need to, and make sure that they're easy to use so that we're more likely to do it. Yeah. I love that. And like you mentioned the online community, I've never done that for exercise, but the CrossFit trainer and athlete Christmas Abbott, who I've admired for years, top CrossFitter, trainer, uh, has books out. She's on my podcast next week. And she sent me a month of her program of her online workouts where she actually does the workout with you. So she's, so say if it's a 27 minute workout, she's on the screen actually doing it, not just telling you. So I've been doing that and it's been really great. I've never worked out in this way, but I like having her do it. So it's not like, you know, she shows you what to do and then you go time yourself. Like she's timing you, she's in the plank with you. I found it to be really helpful. I love it. Yeah. There's so many, I have a woman I interviewed here on the podcast and she has a yoga studio in Dallas. I'm never going to go to her yoga class in Dallas. It's yeah. not going to happen. Right. But because of this situation, she launched this whole online program and I'm 150% on board. So it was so exciting that this person that I've known for a while that I would have loved, I'd love to go to her Dallas yoga studio. That's awesome. But because I'm in Reno, Nevada, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, now I'm online with her. And it also, I think there's opportunities because it opened up and has forced people to use the online space in ways that they weren't using it before. Yes. And, um, that's been really cool because now she realizes she can, she can do these live events and record them. And then she has them that she can just like, they're there. They're always. It's so cool, Jen. I've, I've been loving seeing this, like what people are creating, what's coming out of this. And that's a question I had to ask myself, like, well, what's your contribution going to be like I'm not instructing yoga or doing something like that but it's like what can you do as a therapist besides you know saying hey come book a session with me that gets old really fast like what can I give of value to people and so I started about a month ago reading from my book manuscript the okay. Chiron effect yeah so I've been reading on my YouTube channel on Instagram on Facebook and on Twitter it's all under NOLA therapy about every two to three days, I'll read a three to five minute segment from my book so people can know what it's about. I've been asking people to pre-order it, but it's hard to get behind that if you don't know what value it's going to add to you. So yeah. I just felt led to read my book to people. And if it resonates, I hope you buy it. And if not, that's cool too. I subscribe. Well, I'm subs we're connected on everything. Yeah. I saw that. I'm so glad you brought that up because I forgot that you were doing that. That, I mean, what an incredible gift. It's felt really good too, Jen. Like I feel connected to people by I, doing that. 
Tell me about your two, the two places that you, you have New Orleans, but yeah. you, uh, you've been online in New Orleans. So can we talk about online therapy for people who need resources? Sure. I think online therapy is so wonderful because just like you and I are in the comfort of our own home right now, I have my kitty cats laying over here napping. And I think online therapy is a great way to be in the comfort of your home. You can make tea or a smoothie like I'm having. And I think feel more comfortable to talk about your issues. Often going to an office, there's that added layer of kind of sterileness or anxiety even for, for some people where this is really comfortable. We can still see each other. It's still just as valuable to do the video therapy, phone therapy, um, and yet people can really, I think, be more comfortable in their own skin going through the process. I hadn't thought about that, actually. I've never had a negative experience with therapy, but I know what you mean. Like if I walked into your office and we were doing a session, I'd be very geared for that. And I think I know I've, I know I've felt more uptight. Yeah. Walking into that space. But you're right. I mean, at home, there's no issue with that. Um, and even if you have kids, like I know one of my clients in New Orleans, she has small kids. So she, she cleaned out an area in her garage, you know, so we do our FaceTime sessions. Her husband has the kids and she's in the garage for 45 minutes for us to meet. And it's just kind of fun. She's like, I never thought I'd be doing therapy in my garage, you know, but it, but it works. And it's her time to, to work on things for herself with me. I, I love that. I, you, you know, what's interesting is that all of us, regardless of the situation, have to be more creative. Yeah. So you and I both, like I work, I've worked from home for four years. So people going online, I'm like, welcome to my party. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So happy you're here. For other people, they're like, I don't know how to work Zoom. And I don't, you know, I mean, so you have all these varying differences, but it's really forcing us to get creative about what is your pain point and what is the solution mm-hmm. in lots of different ways. My, I have a daughter who's 28, you know, in a nine year relationship, they own their own home. They have two dogs. Like they're great. And she's That's awesome. She's got her finance. She's in financial planning and she works with Morgan Stanley. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, she's great. She's totally kick ass. So when this happened though, they had to move to home. And for her in her industry, the concern was the computers at the office space are secure and they're dealing with secure information. So how is everybody going to transition to home? Yeah. Their laptops and stuff. So at first they were like, she said, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how it's even going to be possible. And two months later, she's like, I hope I just stay at home, you know, because they were forced to figure out a system. So they- you know, the top several five people on a rotating schedule so that they could be in the office by themselves. And for the team that worked under them or with them, you had to get your information to that person. And when they were in the office, anything that could only be done in a secure computer environment, that person did it. Yes. They had this great, in, in the initial, in the initial, you know, moment of having to go home, the reaction was, I don't know how this is even going to be possible. Yeah. And two months later, they're like, oh my gosh, it's so easy. It's no big deal. I don't know why we're ever worried. Well, this is changing the face of business, like you're saying, and how even huge companies do business and transitioning people working from home. I'm interested to see how this moves forward, if more people will work at home even after the pandemic. Well, I think also for companies, if I'm a company that has a storefront, you know, like I actually, I'm a sticks and bricks. I, yeah. there are some like restaurants, there are, there are some absolutely that are going to need to maintain that. Yeah. For everyone else who doesn't necessarily need something, need to maintain that, you could reduce your overhead. So much. Dramatically. Yeah. Dramatically. Cause you've had two months to see how, how you're going to create a system and how that works. And so even if they go back partially, how does that look? I, I mean, I have a great hope that things will really change for the better. People are learning how to, like the gym will open up. And if it's important to you, you'll go back to the gym. What right. A $15 a month membership and just do online classes. Right. Absolutely. Another income source for places that need to stay open, but had to do things in a different way. How can you capitalize on that change? 
And even I know a few minutes ago, I, I made a statement, uh, something like, you know, it won't be like this again, or we won't have this opportunity again. I want to take that back because I know moving forward, I want to maintain some of these changes in my life, like having the space to listen to other people's podcasts, to like I did before coming on your show, listen to Tony Robbins, hey. been watching some cool Netflix documentaries on, on like Brene Brown and people that before I didn't feel like I had the time to do. So I know moving forward, I want to keep like a boundary with some of that sacred space to, to be able to listen and watch those things that have become meaningful to me now. I did a challenge. I started it in January called 75 hard. It's 75 days and you have to do six things. And I loved it because part of it was health and fitness, getting into shape and uh, you know, what, what, food you're eating. You have to choose a diet and stick to it. And I chose intermittent fasting and mm. this whole process. But what I loved about it is that he calls it a mental toughness challenge. And so for 75 days, one of the things you had to do was read 10 pages, not 10 pages of Harlequin romance or 10 pages of fantasy, but like 10 pages of something that's more in the self-help genre, something that okay. business book or so I, I have a Kindle and I have a bookshelf and I have books that I really wanted to read and I don't do it because I don't feel like I have the time. So yeah. I, now I, I posted a post-it note on my wall, you know, that just said, these are the six things you have to do every day. Nobody was like checking on me, right? but I had that accountability. Like, Oh, I yeah. to do this in my mind with my imaginary friend. It's like putting things on your calendar. All of a sudden it gave me accountability. So I, did not miss a single day of 75 days of reading a minimum of 10 pages. I read That's awesome. 12 books in 75 days. Congratulations. Right? That's huge. So this situation is the same thing. It may be forcing us to look at things in a different way. Yeah. But despite that, what good things are coming out of it? Um, and yeah, I've enjoyed driving less. I live in Los Angeles, an area where I can walk to the grocery. And even in New Orleans, a grocery opened up while I've been here that I'll be able to walk to when I get back there. So I think it's nice, like how I can, you know, not be out and about so much. It's added just a, a layer of peace. Like I feel more just kind of contentment for no reason. I don't know if you are feeling that as well. I, you know, when, when we were joking around and I was making up pretend memes and I was being loud <laughs> parking lot. I'm like, you know, it's like the world finally realizes that I am a princess and I should be able to click a button on the at home and pull up to the curb and they just put the stuff in the back. I'm oh like, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's real. Oh my gosh. You need to write about that or something. So yeah, I'm like, I don't ever want this to stop. This is fantastic. And I know there were places that were, they were doing like Walmart pickup and curbside pickup, but it was just gaining momentum. I feel like, and now that's 80% at least of what I do. And I think like for us, we've streamlined. We know there's one store we go to every couple of weeks and there's like four things we ever need to get at that store. Okay. So if they're not on our list for this week for growth, they, we don't need to go. And we've streamlined everything else to one place and we go there once a week. That's so great. That's easy. Right? And yeah. I think that if people take this opportunity, like you said, to realize that it's creating these situations that are way more fun. Is even for me cooking like that, as you were talking about going to the store, I cooked Indian food for the first time the other night from scratch, a simple recipe a friend sent me. So I think you watching and listening again, what can you do that you haven't had the time to do or the energy to do? If you want to cook, if you want to read books, I started listening to audio books again through audible and just like, it's like, wow, like, and it's all part of our self-care and our self-nurturing and our loved ones that we live with too. It can be so nurturing to do some of these things with them even, to connect more. You know, that's interesting. So I, I can't go with my running group now. So I've missed running. So my daughter, who's 10, all the other kids used to ride their bike while I ran. Oh, great. She never has. She's, she's like the kid that's a little uncomfortable on her bike. We needed to fix the bike tire, you know, whatever. Yeah. So we fixed her bike tire and I said, you know, as soon as you're comfortable riding your bike, um, you can ride your bike while I run. And she was so excited that we do it like three times a week. That's great. It's great. So Special. that I wouldn't have done before because I ran with my running group at five o'clock in the morning before she got up. So I got my run out of the way. Yeah. 
right? Now I can't do that. So I had to figure out how to get a run. <laughs> Basically, and you, you're sharing this time with her. What good memories you're building. So it's together. been last, and I didn't do it with her because I haven't had to. Yeah. I did it with my other kids because it was the only way I could go for a run is if they were with me. I couldn't leave them alone at the house. Mm -hmm. And with her, because I have an 18-year-old, you know, like I don't have to bring her with me. I don't have to worry about her. So really, I was like, oh, I know how. <laughs> we we have to think about it in ways like how can you do things that create more connection? Yes. My daughter and get what you want. Mm -hmm. We podcast just on that, getting what you want. So I'm manipulating the way to get what I want going for a run by spending time with my daughter and fixing her bike. Like and it's a beautiful outcome. It's a beautiful solution for both of you. Happy manipulation listeners. Happy. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes, again, when you see that pain point, that thing you want to do and you have to come up with a solution, we're really being forced to think out of the box. But if we could maintain that thought process, how great would that be moving forward? Yes. And you're, you're using the pain point always leads us to solution if we allow it. The pain point indicates there's a solution we haven't discovered yet, just waiting to kind of be birthed, waiting to emerge from that and turn in transform into something that feels good. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Let's see. What else? I mean, we've had, this has been so We've already had an hour. Wow. Oh, this has been so fun. I, I mean, I think um, if we want to recap or wrap up, I want people to really, really, really be clear that regardless of how you're feeling compared to how someone else is feeling, how you feel is a hundred percent. Okay. Mm -hmm. And legitimate. And sometimes what I say, I know my language is a little different than yours, but we mean the same thing. I say, embrace the suck. Okay. Sometimes you just need to sit and allow your feel the suck. Right. Yeah. But then what are you going to do moving forward? Yeah. I like that. And we both are saying similar things to different audience like you know people need to hear things in different ways not everyone's the same so I guess my version of embrace the suck is just kind of like go with the the flow of where life is trying to direct you to go because when we feel that pain in my life it's always been an imminent a shift a change that has always led me somewhere better to actually where I want to be it's just the path might not always feel Awesome. I think we can learn to have a more blissful path. I think we can kind of prepave with our thinking and our intentions for things to unfold easier for us. I think we can say that to the universe and intend that. And on that journey, you know, just when you feel that pain to definitely let yourself feel it and release it and then ask what's next for me and see what, what comes up or who comes up. Yeah. And resources. You know, I have 18 kids and the reason I have been wildly successful at being a mom of 18 kids in this crazy situation with foster care and everything is that I knew when to ask for help. I found resources yeah. and it'd be just a friend that I needed to talk to or people that I used to cook together when our kids were little or like, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't even have to be a pain point. It can be just something that adds value to your life. Support. Yes. Gosh, support. So resources, I think that's my number one tip. And I've been meeting with my coach every few weeks, my personal therapist coach, just to help me along during this time, stay tuned in and on track and invent some things and let my emotions flow. Because again, we don't have to do this alone to really reach out. This is a time to be reaching out. Amen. That's a great place to end. Lisa, thank you so much for having this. This was a really fun. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on again. It's delightful. And all the, all the information are in the show notes, but you have a book, a podcast, you're doing your reading. I love it. I love thank it. Thank you, Jen. Yes. Thank you.